Hey Pod fam, it's Kristen here. Um, I am recording this in a bunkie in the Canada wilderness, relatively speaking, um, outside of Halliburton, Ontario. So I'm in a cabin next to a lake. Um, but I miss you guys, and I wanted to make sure, even though my vacation has been crazy, that I got uh, this episode out to you guys. Um, so this is actually part one um, of a two-part of a part one, <laughs> what was only supposed to be one episode, um, of Star Wars music that we're doing. Um, it's going to be just a little sporadic series. We're going to kind of kind of do it when we feel like it. Um, they're, they're, they're great filler episodes, but the content um, is, is really, really high quality. And um, for this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Miranda at Real Baby Bird. Um, she was our guest, so that was uh, the second time she's been on. Um, but yeah, this was me, Miranda, and Chris talking about the music of Star Wars. So it was supposed to be <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back, The Last Jedi, and Rogue One. Um, we ended up recording it in one fell swoop, and it ended up being over two hours. So <laughs> we decided to break it into two. Um, so in this uh first episode, we'll be mainly focusing on Empire and The Last Jedi. Um, mostly John Williams uh, scored movies. Um, and then next episode, which will come out sometime next week, uh, we'll get into Rogue One, so the rest of the episode, uh, and social media shoutouts, comments, questions, all that, all that good stuff. So we hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to this very special bonus episode of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris and I'm here with Kristen and a returning crowd favorite uh, co-host of the Book Wars Pod, Miranda, aka Real Baby Bird. Welcome back, Bird. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. She's in Portland, y'all. Yeah, I'm very excited to be back in Portland, back on at Book Wars Pod. (laughs) We are excited to have you. It's, uh, of course, you have not once uh, recorded uh, with us in DC, but you have recorded across the country with Kristen, even though we live like 10 minutes from it's, each other. It's four miles. It's very reasonable. <laughs> I, four I whole miles. I to Portland so that I don't have to take the, you know, $10 lift. That's true. That's true. It seems reasonable. Awesome. Well... Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about music in Star Wars and specifically looking at three movies, uh, Empire Strikes Back, The Last Jedi, and Rogue One, uh, to talk about how the different uses of music and the different scores and themes and everything in those films kind of set them apart and contribute to the way the audience experiences them. Uh, However... And before everybody loses their shit, um, we'll probably visit every movie eventually. These are just the three we wanted to start with. And we're on no particular schedule. So relax, please. Yeah. So there will probably be more episodes with more films. We'll get there eventually. But yeah, deal with it. Um, But before you deal with it, Keeks and Miranda, what are you drinking? Uh, I don't think I've had this on the pod, actually. I'm drinking uh, Ecliptic Brewing from here in Portland. It's their seasonal uh, dry hopped with Simcoe and Mosaic Hop. It's the uh, Quasar Pale Ale. It's quite delectable. Um, And it is seasonal, so it's very exciting. Always love the seasonal beers. So I am drinking a Ballast Point Aloha Sculpin IPA. It is a hazy IPA. I've never had it before. We're just going to see how this goes. That's Ballast Point out of San Diego, California. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> that Quinn picked out and bought the bottle shop that we were at about an hour and a half ago. Hey, Quinn, what are you drinking? Oh, he's also drinking a Quasar. He's also drinking a Quasar. He can't. He also can't hear me. Fair. He's Official boyfriend here. of the pod, Quinn. Official boyfriend of the pod. This is correct. 
Um, all right. So I, I've never had... Wanna, oh, yeah. What are you drinking, Chris? Sorry. I'm so used to just skipping you because you're always like, water. Well, no I, water. I am drinking water. I have a drink. This I'm, I am drinking water. However, I'm also eating um, bits of chocolate tahini cake that I made this week. Mm. And I don't usually... I've never made a cake before because I don't like cake, but this t- came out pretty well. Um, okay, uh, we're just going to ignore that very hot take. Uh, um, cake is cake is easily the worst dessert. There's not even oh a question God. in my mind. I'm, we can't speak about this there, right now. This is not... Argument to be made in his defense. Oh, about, don't... It's about icing, because icing is the worst part of the cake. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um... I will say I've never. I don't think I've ever had the specific ballast point that Miranda is drinking. I have had. They have like a habanero sculpin IPA, Ooh. and it oh, is delicious. Bad. It's delicious. If you, no. well, you like spicy? No, I I had like a a couple of sips of a jalapeno IPA once, and it was hot garbage. I think. Ooh. It, was, it has to be good. I've had really bad spicy beers, yeah. and I've had really good spicy beers, so that's fair. I don't like mixing those flavors. That's fair. I, I want my beer to taste like beer. <laughs> That's fair. I respect that. Not like jalapenos. F- fair enough. All right, Chris, do you want to get us talking about music? And by us, I mean you guys are going to be doing the heavy lifting and I'm going to be asking the questions about normal things for normal people. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about something far and significantly better than cake. So before we get started, and this is absolutely the first time we're recording this and i didn't screw it up before i don't know what anyone's talking about but we are going to just talk a little bit about our musical backgrounds um just to like get at why we are so interested in star wars scores and why we're i mean obviously we're not qualified to be talking about any of this because we're all dumb but why we're why we are choosing to talk about this uh so miranda what is your music background okay so long time star wars fan uh <laughs> I am also long time listener, first time caller. Uh, long time listener, second time guest host. Er, <laughs> uh, I'm also a trombone player. I've been playing trombone for too many years to do the math in my head right now. Uh, I am also pretty adept at some other brass instruments: uh, euphonium, tuba, trumpet. Not the French horn, which is disappointing for talking about a john williams score uh but that williams is he a doctor i assume so he's got to be a doctor there's there's no way john williams is not dr williams okay cool um i mean we can look this up hang on i I can look this up keep talking yeah so i mean you know this is super exciting for me just kind of as somebody with a background in more classical and orchestral music as a brass player you know i feel like star wars is something that is so brass heavy uh just the way that john williams writes so it it, this is going to be something i'm super interested to talk about what about you chris no you go first i'm looking up if john williams is a doctor (laughs) good talk um (laughs) (laughs) i have uh I've been playing uh, mostly battery percussion. I have dabbled in pitch percussion, but it is not my preference, nor is it my forte. Um, but I've been playing battery percussion for a million billion years, much like Miranda. Um, we know each other from the band. <laughs> um, Just as an aside, in case anybody is unaware who is listening to this podcast, battery percussion is going to be your drums. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know people's backgrounds. Yes, it's it's the ones that um, go boom. Go boom. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, sometimes the ones that go crash, those are also included in battery percussion. All of this is included. Pitch percussion is going to be like xylophone, anything that looks like a xylophone that is not a xylophone, like vibes or marimba. bells or marimba. Yes. Um, and then timpani also fall in. Those are the big kettle drums, if you're picturing those. Those are mostly what I've dabbled in when I've been allowed to do that. But I have kind of a shit ear for a musician. So <laughs> unlike Chris, who will go next. Yes, I will go next. Um, also, as a side note, John Williams does not appear to have a doctorate. What? He graduated from Juilliard after being in the Air Force, uh, U.S. Air Force band. Super casual qualifications. Yep. Like. Uh, he was also known as Johnny during the 1950s and 60s, 
and has two brothers, Donald and Jerry, both of whom work as percussionists in Los Angeles. And the most important John Williams fact, which I discovered this week, his son is or was at one point the lead singer for Toto. What? What? Excuse yep. me? Yep. 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 <laughs> Stick that one in your brain hole. Um, Miranda's going to have a nervous breakdown because Africa is the only song she really cares about, I feel. I mean, she cares about other songs, but it's just so far above other songs. It's oh, it's it's a cut above. There's no question. He was also, as Kate reminds me, uh, the singing voice for Simba in The Lion King. Also incredible. Yeah. it's Wait, it, like adult Simba? Yeah, adult Simba. Okay. It's, Holy I mean, shit. like, yeah, honestly, like, young, uh, I don't remember what his son's name is, but his son might be uh, arguably more accomplished than his father, TBH. Uh, that's a lie. He's not, but he's, bullshit, but <laughs> he, he's not, but he's more accomplished than any of us. So, oh, well, yes. Yeah. Uh, what's your musical back? Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say, anyone. um, I, no, I'm just not going to tell anyone. We're just going to go. Um, I grew up playing piano for many many years that i can't remember right now um and then i switched over full-time to violin for about uh, let's say 10 years um and still dabble in it occasionally although not super often kate is shaking her head at me because she always wants me to play violin more and i don't as a personal affront go to community orchestra because it's fun yeah no i'm told i'm told i should do that Miranda, are you in the same community orchestra as everybody else? Uh, I'm in the one that Holly is in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, at the church. Right. Yeah. I used to be in that one. We're, we're so bad. Fre- yeah, friends. I know. I, I'm, I'm aware <laughs> how bad you are. <laughs> I used to be in that orchestra. Fre- friends of the pod, Patricia and Holly, <laughs> yep. also in that orchestra. <laughs> yep, they sure are. Our, all, our, all our listeners know Patricia and Holly, obviously. Yes. Recurring hey, friends of the pod who are, have totally been mentioned before right now. They've definitely never listened to the pod, just to be clear. <laughs> Probably accurate, yeah. All right, let's talk Star Wars. Chris has perfect pitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, sorry, he wasn't going to tell you guys, so I had to. You I mean, already tweeted that, so I know, it's out there. We'll yeah, <laughs> it's known. Uh, anyway, as I said in a bit of an intro that may or may not have been cut uh we're going to start talking by talking about empire strikes back of the three movies that we're going to be talking about empire strikes back last jedi and rogue one obviously empire and last jedi share a composer in the legendary john williams uh whereas rogue one was uh composed the score was composed by michael giacchino uh and so while there are some really interesting themes that uh, cut across all of these and there's some really interesting similar similarities between last jedi and rogue one i think we wanted to start by talking about empire strikes back um one thing that i noticed when re-listening to this score this week or i guess it's more the soundtrack than the score because it's just the way that it's set up on spotify um is that it's correct yeah <laughs> we don't we don't need to mince words about uh which is which i think people uh if you want to listen it's on spotify that's yes. important <laughs> yes um one thing that i noticed is that there's just it's a lot of themes like it's just it's repeated themes over and over again obviously you have like the famous uh obviously the imperial march you have yoda's theme you have han and leia's theme and you just get a lot of repetition of those themes which i found really interesting yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know, something about the, the whole original trilogy is that it really sets all of those up and we're going to see them, we're going to talk about them later as they recur kind of, you know, in all of the the songs of the newer movies and throughout the whole franchise. Yeah, I think, I mean, like the themes that are introduced um, in the first two films that you know, had their theatrical release. So a new hope and, and empire really, um, give us places to, they're really, they're really touch points. Right. So it, it's just things that, uh, that Williams introduces that he, uh, he, he knows they're going to be iconic and he's not wrong. <laughs> um, and it's just the, it's this really incredible thing that, that you can do with music where, um, even if it's just, uh, you know, a, a small musical quote, 
you know, to, it, by figure of speech, uh, a small musical quote, you know, it elicits s- such a specific feeling um, from the listener and from the, the viewer. And I think that's something, too, that's really part of the beauty of the Star Wars music, especially in the original trilogy. Like, if you just want to talk about the Imperial March, it's probably the most iconic phrase from the entire Star Wars anything lexicon is not the right word because Mm -hmm. we're not dealing with words but uh it's just so iconic that you know sports teams will use it when the enemy is coming out onto whatever sports playing surface they're dealing with and sports ball you know like there there's you know a whole group of commercials that have it in it and it's become so ingrained into our culture that it's like we hear it and we think Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think one of the aspects of that is just the... It, within the music itself, there's just so many horns. And it's so <laughs> blaring and so in your face. As like, Obviously, Star Wars starts with you know, the big trumpet fanfare out of nowhere. And like John Williams' score, particularly in those early films, really never never stops going hard yeah i wish that i loved anything as much as john williams loves french horns yep (laughs) yep absolutely and and that's not star wars specific for anybody who knows other john williams anything's still applicable (laughs) still totally applicable um but i mean in star wars specifically it's so horn heavy um and it's just so French horn heavy. <laughs> I mean, and I, I think that, I mean, if we break it down, I mean, it, I think, you know, even returning to, to Williams, um, Air Force Band experience, I mean, like anything that's military vaguely is going to be horn heavy, uh-huh. right? Like that's, that's where the power is going to come from. Um, you know, when, when you get torn horns tuned appropriately, they're louder than anything, right? I mean, th- I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, that's why strings players like me hate horn players. It's okay, we don't care about the rest of you. I'm, yeah, it's abundantly clear every time anybody else plays Miranda, abundantly clear. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you guys, do either of you have any sort of background in opera? Because I'm no. wondering, like, I know I don't know shit about shit, so this can just be an open-ended question that we can research later and revisit on another episode. But I'm wondering how thematic, like, I'm assuming a lot of operas are pretty thematic in nature. You know, there's a lot of stuff that they return to. Um, but I should look into that a little bit because I'm not super familiar with opera singers or operas is more what I meant. But um, it would be interesting, you know, we always talk about, Star Wars is a space opera, and I'm wondering, like, how the music plays into that as far as, like, opera is concerned. Yeah. I mean, I've only ever seen, like, one opera. It's more than me. And it was a dress rehearsal, so. <laughs> I kind of blocked it out because I was, you know, 14 and didn't care. But, I mean, if we if we just want to stick to regular orchestra music and not worry about the opera part of it if you listen to any kind of orchestral or classical music it's all gonna kind of have the same things running throughout any given piece uh you know and there are gonna be variations on it um maybe you speed it up slow it down you're just you're gonna stick to a couple of core tenets of that piece Mm -hmm. and stick with that and i i think that's something that uh john williams and Michael Giacchino also brought to the uh, the scores here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Empire in particular, as a, we're going to talk about, I have like thoughts on the differences between Empire and Last Jedi, but I think Empire in particular is very, it's very like early classical music, like very, for any people who know classical music, very Baroque era, like Johann Sebastian Bach, um, where they really lean into the repetition uh, like, and not even so much variations as much as just repeating that theme. And I think that that, that early era of John Williams' career, although maybe not early because Empire came out in 1980, 80. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was 80. Um, and 1980 was how many years ago? 
too many. 38? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it would be his early career because he's 86, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, early career-ish. <laughs> middle career. Probably middle of his career. Middle career. Middle age, at least, right? Yeah. Um, hey, did you see that? I knew how old he was. <laughs> I looked I'm so proud of you, Kristen. <laughs> Snaps for Kristen. Uh, and this is just an aside. Um, since we're all GW kids, uh, we all went to George Washington in uh, D.C. Um, <laughs> yeah, raise high. Uh, I, I, we would be remiss to uh, not mention the late great Dr. Fritz when we're talking about themes because he famously, uh, I mean, it's less of a theme and more of a quote, right? Um, he famously, whenever he would arrange any songs for Pep Band, um, would always put the a quote from the GW uh Pep, what is it called? It's, fight song. It's, it's called, called the fight song. song. I know this. Um, he would famously put the, a quote from the GW fight song at the last six bars, last eight bars? Two. Last two? Last two oh, bars. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just la- last two bars. And then he would like sell the music. So like pet <laughs> bands all over the country that Dr. Fritz would, um, you know, sell music to through pub- publishers were playing, you know. Just a bit of the GW fight song because he's a hilarious. fucking troll. You haven't heard Born to Run until you've heard Born to Run with an extremely out of key GW fight song at the end. That's amazing. So, so that's a fu- that's a fun Easter egg. If anybody wants to know more about that, we can uh, have specific songs that we can point to. But it's one of my favorite uh, weird musical facts that kind of tie us all together. So that's fantastic and easily the best fact about the GW fight song because that song is terrible. It's so bad. It's awful. <laughs> Wait, Kristen, Kristen Miranda, who is Big Blue? In the song, there is no, there is a lyric the, that says "Go Big Blue." There is no Big Blue like anywhere a, at GW. No, it's like an inferiority complex situation. Yeah, like, there's no Michigan. such thing as Big Blue. Yeah, we're not Michigan. We're we're, we're not Michigan. We're not Georgetown. Medium-sized private school with a middling <laughs> sports program. Middling is generous, and yeah, nowhere anywhere. Hey, the in... women's basketball is good, and don't forget it. Ah, uh, that's true. Squash. That's true. Women's basketball is good. GW squash. The rich sports. We're very good at the rich sports. <laughs> very good at the white sports. Rich sports for rich white people. But yeah, Big Blue nowhere to be found anywhere else at GW in the sports program. Nobody knows what it is. Anyway, con- <laughs> continuing on. Um, now let's talk a little bit about Last Jedi, and then I just want to like kind of do an overview of Last Jedi, and then we can compare and contrast it with Empire. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into it, but I, I think it's quite obvious that um, we picked these two as one of kind of the most interesting um, pair to start with of uh, William's scores and themes, music, whatever, however we want to call it, um, because they're both middle of the franchise, right? They're both middle of two t- two different trilogies mm-hmm. um and i think he knows that because of course he does because he's a genius um <laughs> and i think that gives us a lot of uh kind of different expression points i mean when we when we get in um you know in later episodes we'll probably compare a new hope and uh the force awakens and there'll a lot of be there'll be a lot of different things to bring up there but I th- we thought it was really important to just kind of like start in the middle if you will because it's so rich as far as music's concerned uh, in both of the um, the middle the middle of the three of the two <laughs> middle of the three of the two uh, triplets of films. Well, there we go. Words. Well, I can do them. <laughs> um. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, Last Jedi. Um. One thing that I noticed, like. Vi- how Empire has really heavy use of new themes. Last Jedi has almost no new themes and exclude not exclusively, but almost exclusively in its big moments uses old themes and variations of them, either from the original trilogy, from Empire, or from The Force Awakens. Yeah, I think that's something that we kind of see not just in The Last Jedi, but kind of in all of the new films is, you know... John Williams really laid the groundwork in the original trilogy, particularly in A New Hope and in Empire Strikes Back that he can kind of draw from as we, you know, launch into this new world. That's not the right word, but as, as we're kind of venturing into these new films, The Last Jedi, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll see a lot more of this in episode nine as well. Um, there's already so much there to kind of 
take and transform really um, to make it feel like a Star Wars film. Um, it, it, it's familiar uh, and it's kind of what we all <laughs> think of. No, this this right? thought is <laughs> petering off. Mm-hmm. But no, totally. You know, you know there was definitely I. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember if it was in The Last Jedi or if it was in Rogue One, but there was a moment, you know, in the theater and some musical <laughs> things were happening. And I suddenly thought, oh, this is a Star Wars movie. It's like whatever fanfare, whatever theme that we're going off of right now. It's calling back to the original trilogy. It's calling back to what John Williams arranged some 30, 40 years ago. Like, this is what really creates the essence of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that part of the beauty and genius of John Williams, and I don't th- even think this is true just of Star Wars. I think this is true of many of the films that he's done. But Star Wars, I think it's very evident that like the soundtrack is so ingrained with what people remember about the movie like uh Kristen and Miranda you were both saying how like the imperial march by itself is so iconic that it's used in sports it's used in other contexts it like honestly might be one of the most recognizable uh like pieces in all of cinema like one of the most recognizable soundtrack like tracks in all of cinema because it's just so iconic you hear it and you think of Darth Vader on a Star Destroyer and I think that's something that's very not just not unique to Star Wars but it's very strong in Star Wars yeah for sure I I think that we also don't even have to look to specific themes we don't have to look to that Imperial March you know I think a lot of the ideas that John Williams kind of took and the approaches he took to writing the music for the original trilogy are still true today uh, I was watching some of the, the more recent films this past week, and, you know, I noticed some things about uh, how he composed music for, you know, the First Order. And if you think to the Imperial March, it, it's very heavy, and it's plodding, for lack of a better word. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's just this dense, like, we are here, we're the empire we have the power and he he really continued that um in the the newer and the you know more nuanced themes from the last jedi from rogue one even though rogue one is it takes place before um the original trilogy obviously but i think the the musical themes are pretty consistent with what we think of as the empire's music yeah, absolutely. Um, since we're since we're on the subject, I thought it was. Uh, I mean, Chris ca- kind of said it earlier. Is like a lot of this is um, kind of quote reused music, right? It's like pieces of um, at least pieces that we've listened to before um, that were introduced in other films, mostly the original trilogy. Um, that would really harken back, right? Which we we kind of belabored a bit, but um, I love that like there are so many people who think that this is so different than every other Star Wars film. And I'm like, did you listen to it though? <laughs> yeah, it's such a Star Wars film. And I mean, I think one thing, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit, but to me, Last Jedi, the score was not just a Star Wars film, but just such a culmination of everything so far in star wars and i found that i found that fascinating the way that it all kind of it, it felt like it all built to where it is in the last jedi like the like it just you you have your basic themes like you have obviously leia's theme and luke's theme with binary sun and you are binary sunset rather and you have ray's theme from force awakens but you have them all changing keys changing moods blending into each other um like in in um peace and purpose which is the uh track during which uh you see luke 
letting go and becoming one with the force spoiler alert if you haven't seen last jedi yet (laughs) um you've had seven months you need to you need to do that um but you see ray's theme kind of bleeding into the skywalker theme and becoming one with it and it's uh same thing with like luke and leia turning into uh han and leia's theme turning into kind of a short staccato imperial march turning into kylo's theme in that sequence where they're in the base on crate and then luke goes out to face the first order and it's just it is it's like it's it's just such an interesting and perfect way to draw on the history of the franchise while still like turning it into something new that is instantly recognizable totally and only because chris brought it up yes we got all of your tweets about how much we all love ray's theme yes oh we we're gonna agree. we're gonna do social media at the end don't worry <laughs> oh no no i know um but don't worry we will get into ray's theme when when we cover um the force awakens all of us also love ray's theme yeah so don't worry um and then one other a couple other things that i noticed i just wanted to call out some of the new th- you know i spent all this time talking about how last jedi is all about reusing old themes there are some new themes um in particular you have canto bite and uh chrome dome which is the uh track while finn and phasma are fighting on the supremacy it's so good <laughs> it's so good it's like sneaky one of the best tracks in that whole score it's so different so i just i just want to go back to canto bite really quick yes um so one of the things that i noticed the last time i was watching the last jedi was uh that you know in in star wars most of the music it's just kind of you know this is star wars music it's just a soundtrack you're hearing this obviously not real life um but canto by they're you know they're at the the casino there's this band somewhere just kind of rocking out and all i could think about was a new hope Mm mm-hmm when the cantina band's playing Mm -hmm. and if you listen to it it, it's got a similar feel absolutely just kind of a a jazzy upbeat situation um you know it it, it's very similar structurally thematically there's a jazz walk up in the canto bite song at least on the the last jedi soundtrack and i just really appreciated that uh John Williams kind of harkened back to, you know, his earlier work and was like, they're here. This is what they're listening to. Please enjoy. I absolutely yeah, had that and, same thought. Yeah. And they were, um, they were very true to, so if, if you don't know, um, regular casinos in the not galaxy far, far away, um, all the slot machines uh, and anything that makes noise is all in the KFC. So it all sounds nice to your ears. Oh, yep. that's awesome. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. <laughs> wh- Yep, yep, um, which is why it all just kind of like blends nice together and is loud and is supposed to be quote unquote pleasant, even though I find it grating um, <laughs> because I've worked in casinos for too long. But <laughs> um, you you get a little bit of that in Canto Bay. I don't I, I don't know what key it's in off the top of my head, and I'm sure neither of you do either. So I'm not putting you on the spot. Um, but it it seemed like it was definitely in some kind of major key <laughs> to be a nice for exciting ears canto bite absolutely i yeah. i have no idea what key it was i i can't <laughs> tell but sorry i know no i know i th- this is why i'm on the podcast to ask questions that can't be answered yep exactly um and then one other note on last jedi's kind of newer music uh that i kind of just want to offer apropos of nothing is march of the resistance which isn't new it's from force awakens but i just Love it because usually in John Williams stuff, marches are saved for the bad guys. Like you have the Imperial March, you have like uh, some like marches with the Separatists in the prequel trilogy and the good guys never really get a march and it's just so interesting and like that, I don't know, the, the, the fanfare that you get out of the March of the Resistance and like the hummability of it is amazing. Yeah, I, I did not notice before that he only really used marches for, you know, the quote-unquote quote bad guys. Because um, I think I, you know, as a kind of musician, I always associate marches with 
you know, kind of heroic themes. Mm -hmm. So I didn't pay attention to it before, but when the March of the Resistance kicked in and The Force Awakens, when, you know, everybody shows up to the the battle at Maz's castle, it's like, oh, yep, March is happening. (laughs) Bad guys are, sorry, good guys are here to save the day. I think that's an interesting point, though. Well, yeah, I mean, to- totally, Chris. We When we have good guys coming in to save the day in other films, right, it's a lot of kind of uh, s- sweeping heroic themes with lots of strings. Mm-hmm. And Very melodic. Lots of, like, yeah, it's super melodic. Um, it kind of, like, moves, moves along. It's easy to listen to. It's uplifting, right? Um, so I, uh, I loved that we got a march for the resistance, for sure, especially because, like, of the the huge underdog status they have in in the new trilogy yeah absolutely no good march is heavy on the strings <laughs> from my personal personal point of view and you know march of the resistance is something that we see quoted a lot in the last jedi uh which i absolutely loved but heavy on the brass but yeah if you want to talk about brass instruments um uh, a common adjective that's used uh to describe something especially something that's heroic is bright and i think that's what we saw and we have the brighter march in the march of the resistance it's not heavy it's not um it's not plotting <laughs> yeah it's not plotting it's very upbeat it's it's bright it's upbeat you know it it makes us want to cheer for the good guys, you know, the, the X-Wings flying in, whatever is happening when we hear that music. Don't let these thugs scare you. Oh, uh, that scene. It's just so... <laughs> I was actually just thinking there was, like, that, like, tweet, I don't know, last week maybe, where it was, like, what is your favorite moment in all the Disney Star... Like, what are some of your, your like, moments that just, like, absolutely shook you in the Disney Star Wars movies? And I had... I came up with Holdo's Leap and Vader aboard this the uh profundity in rogue one but yep. i forgot the x-wings on takodana because that is just chef's kiss three iconic scenes honestly and the score very important in all of them although we're going to talk about holdo and the soundtrack choice there we sure are <laughs> yes in I'm fact excited for that let's before let's before talk we about do that, that do we want yeah. do we want to touch on rose just because oh, yeah. we're talking about nice things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do it. Uh, I mean, the, the reason I bring it up here before we get... I, I, I really want to devote time to, to, to Haldo's moment because I think we all have a lot to say about that. Um, but... And you guys might know this better than me. I, I don't have like a great musical memory and I, I didn't revisit this... Um, as much as I could have, um, but Miranda like listens to the soundtracks on the reg, so like <laughs> I don't do that. Um, but it, is Rose Rose's theme tied to her sister's musical happening at all? Oh shoot! Does anybody know? I don't know. See, here I am asking questions without answers. Um, Miranda, do I'll you know? Check on that. We can uh, revisit it. No, I I was actually looking. Um like a couple hours ago, because I'm not as familiar with The Last Jedi's music still. Mm. Well, uh, of course. My, my go-to is definitely The Force Awakens. <laughs> um, find out what Rose's theme is. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great note, Miranda. <laughs> Beginning of fun with Finn and Rose, question mark? Yes. Yeah, what do you consider... What do you consider her theme is a better question, Quinn. Uh, Quinn. Oh, my God. No, you are not Quinn. <laughs> this got weird. Quinn is boyfriend of the pod. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> uh, this got weird. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sing it, but it's like I I will actually be very interested to know this because to me, obviously, the only time we see Paige is very negative. She's dying. It's very chaotic. Whereas Rose's theme, what strikes me in it is it's so simple and uplifting and like it's uh i I think the first time we hear it it's just like a single um god maybe an oboe like it's 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 like the one that goes like do 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 i don't i don't want to sing on the pod because that's a horrible idea but 
Um, You're doing great, Chris. That sounded great. Thanks. Miranda knew exactly what you were talking about. Thanks. Thanks, Keeks. Hey, Quinn, can we have more beers? Pour some more. Can we have more beers, please? Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> uh... I will do what Miranda was doing, and she'll do a Quasar. We're mixing it up. Thanks. Hold on. Sorry. No, Quasar's you're good. The fridge. I'm sorry. I'm going to belch away from the... Uh... Thanks. Oh, wait. I want... Oh, we have an opener. Well, well that's the Quasar for Miranda. Oh, no. Thanks, babe. Your hazy stuff. Thanks, Dad. Dust. <laughs> Oh, Quinn, I asked you what you were drinking earlier, but uh, you couldn't hear us, so tell the Sorry, people what Sorry, Chris, you're this has been a sidebar. Oh, that's fine. We were drinking the Bowels Point Aloha Sculpin Hazy IPA. Quinn is drinking the same thing that I am. Yeah, now I'm drinking that, um, and Miranda's drinking a Quasar, Quasar and it says ju- juicy tropical notes from Brutois Yeast. So, anyway. Oh, here's uh, a plug er- for... <laughs> oh, don't we talk about you into on the pod on the reg? Don't right. worry, don't worry, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a into stand. I talked about it on Beer Pod. I'm gonna plug Beer Pod right now. Okay. I'll put it at the end if that was appropriate. Um, <laughs> if you want to know more about beer, since we are the worst people and talk about beer constantly on this podcast, and by we I mean only me um, and Miranda when she guests. <laughs> uh, Brian from Tashi Station Radio and I have started uh, just a little. Brian just spilled beer all over herself. Um, we just started uh, kind of a little once a month um, kind of beer sports Star Wars talk situation. It's a podcast for sure, but um, it's not particularly themed other than those three things loosely. Um, and then we're also brewing in Brian's uh, Pico Brewer, so we're. Uh, kind of putting together some some interesting recipes so if you enjoy the beer talk please go listen to that um right now it's on the tashi station radio mega feed um we're just calling it tashi station brew house um if you don't like the beer talk please don't listen to that anyway it's really fun and shout out to brian for letting us do that because it's it's you know somehow it's a niche that's not yet filled it totally is but we have a lot of fun it's great so we hope you enjoy listening to it thanks chris Cool. Anyway, that's been uh, sidebar beer talk. Yes. So shall we get to kind of comparing what's different about Empire versus TLJ? I have thoughts on let's, this. Let's do it. Yeah, you start, Chris. Are we gonna... Oh, no. We have to do Holdo. Yes. Yeah. We have to. Oh. T- <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to do the Holdo at the end. It is. She is very. It's okay. an important well, moment. It is at the end of the outline. It's just we, we kind of. The Holdo maneuver is fully. At home in the last Jedi conversation. To follow up on that. Some of us have a lot of feelings about Holdo <laughs> in The Last Jedi. So I'm sorry, is is, is Holdo been a controversial figure uh within Star Wars? I, I'm I'm unfamiliar. Oh no, absolutely not. Holdo is like perfect. Everybody loves her. Everybody loves everything that happened in that scene. Nobody has any issues with it. Personally, um, the Holdo maneuver, you know, when she, she takes the cruiser, light speed, incredible. It's definitely... If you haven't seen it, go see it. <laughs> yeah, just uh, go watch The Last, the Last Jedi. Jedi. There are some spoilers in this podcast. Um, Snape kills Dumbledore. But... Rude. <laughs> it's definitely my favorite moment in... Star Wars, maybe my favorite moment in all of film. Um, You know, when I saw it, it was so powerful. And growing up as a musician, one of the things that's kind of really drilled into us is that when you're playing music, silence is as important as, like, the actual notes that you play, right? As a percussionist, I can agree. Counting silences are super important. Mm-hmm. So this has been a troll job. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, we're we talking about Star Wars. Excuse me. <laughs> Star Excuse me, Wars. <laughs> Excuse me as I belch away from the microphone. Um, 
we're doing a whole episode on this. We've talked for a while about this already. Star Wars is something that is known for its music. It's known for its themes. It, you know, it's, like we said earlier, it's iconic. So for me, I think that makes this scene even more powerful because in this franchise where we associate music, you know, with every aspect of the galaxy far, far away, of characters, of relationships, of all of that, in one of the most important moments of The Last Jedi, there's nothing, right? Yeah, to- mm-hmm. totally, totally agree. Um, and in like a, and Miranda probably has more to say just because I can tell that she does. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just kind of want to, kind of want to build off that. In you know, it, even to bring kind of, t- kind of dialogue in the way the films are structured into this, we're we're used to something that's fast paced, quick moving. You need to be paying attention. Um, the, the even you know all the themes are you know they're not necessarily um, complicated but they are kind of exciting right um, you know in, in that way silence has not been a key player in Star Wars uh, I would say up until the Last Jedi I mean correct me if I'm forgetting anything um, but that's the first time that I can absolutely like remark upon you know, silence in in the films being as monumentally important and uh, having as much of an impact as it did. Yeah, and I think, like, if you're watching that scene, you know, the last the Resistance is trying to get away from the First Order's fleet, Rey and Kylo Ren are, like, you know, duking it out against Snoke's bodyguards. The music is heavy. It's hitting you so hard. And then suddenly there's nothing and, you know, this incredible thing happens. It's a whole situation. But I thought that that choice, just to not have the music, just to kind of have the music stop dead in its tracks, was very powerful. Um, You know, more than anything, when that happened, my jaw dropped. I, like, it felt like an eternity the first time I saw that in the theaters. Because we're just kind of used to having something in the background, you know? We're, people are fighting. We're doing whatever. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. What do you think, Chris? I think it's one thing, and I want to talk a little bit about this when we talk about Rogue One as well. But one thing that Last Jedi does is is exactly that. In some of the big moments, you just have that silence. You have, obviously, with Holdo's the hold maneuver, but also with um, uh, when Paige it falls down the ladder and is like kicking the ladder and that the uh, the remote to trigger the bombs finally falls. It's just silence How as it's falling. You? I know, right? You're, you're welcome. Um, and it just, it builds that suspense because like it's, it, it is like kind of like a mental conditioning thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you your mind expects there to be sound and so it creates anxiety because there is an absence and it just like helps build the suspense so much. Exactly. It builds the suspense. You think you know what's going to happen, but when the sound drops, you're left wondering what's going to happen next because I think, especially in The Last Jedi, you know, when Paige is trying to bomb the, the Dreadnought and when Holdo is facing several star destroyers we don't know what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and i think that choice kind of leaves us wondering what's next those assholes literally let the remote pass her it is so rude it is such a difficult moment and the first time i saw it i almost puked probably (laughs) don't remember sounds right (laughs) checks out but yeah i mean it was incredible i mean that's obvious obviously a moment of silence that i kind of forgot but i think it, it, it it's kind of different right i think it's kind of s- silence within um context in a way that um the Halda maneuver is not i think the Halda maneuver um uses silence uh in a similar way but it it does so in a way that somehow makes it um 
more part the silence is more part of the score than not absolutely agree so speaking of kind of this turning what you expect on its head phenomenon that we're talking about with the silence i think this is a really good segue into talking about the ways in which the empire and tlj scores are different and don't worry we're gonna get to rogue one too but i do want to talk about this um and i have i have many thoughts on what makes them different because like when we were first thinking about this episode, I was like, uh, what are we going to talk about? Like, how are we going to relate it to back to the universe itself? Which obviously you all know is my big pet thing that I like to do with everything. Well, Chris, it's the point of the podcast. I mean, it is. Th- I'm, I'm aware it's the point of the podcast, but like, <laughs> it's like I'm like obsessed with it. And to me, the Empire, what the Empire soundtrack does is it creates a new generation of themes that we haven't heard before because so much of it and i was really struck by this when i was listening this week so much of the empire soundtrack is new like you don't get nearly as much reliance on the uh, a new hope soundtrack as i would have expected for how iconic that one is in its own right and so like to me empire is like this creation of a new generation of themes and showing there's so much more than just what we saw in a new hope and there's Han and Leia, there's the Empire in its own right as this terrifying force, there's Yoda who's completely different, and like you get this whole birth of the expansion of the Star Wars universe. Um, And to me, TLJ, on the other hand, takes what you know and turns it on his head, you know, kind of like we were saying with the silence. It uh, very much like the movie as a whole, to me, the TLJ score is all about subverting your expectations. Uh, like you have all these themes that you know and that you expect to be in there, but they're never in there the way you think. There's, you know, for example, the use of, you know, going into this movie, I expected a lot of Imperial March style, you know, first usage of the First Order theme. Instead, you get you get the First Order theme, but it gets blended with other music. It gets, uh, you know, there's new, completely new music in the throne room scene. You have the absolutely uh, the absolute emotional terrorism of any time Leia's theme is used, it being like a single note on a piano, and it's just absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> this is just us being angry. No, this is just me being bitter about how much John Williams made me feel. Um, so much. Yeah, but it's just I don't know because to me, coming out of the Last Jedi, when I first saw it, and I think I talked about this on our wrap-up, to me, Last Jedi felt like an end. Like, it didn't feel like it ended on a cliffhanger. It didn't feel like it was a middle movie in a trilogy. It felt like an end. And the soundtrack, to me, also kind of feels like that because it takes everything you know and blends it into something that works. And, like, it feels like a culmination and doesn't feel like you're still waiting for something to happen. Totally. Um, and just to, I know Miranda has something to say, so I want to let her do that. But, um, but the fact that you brought up all of what's new in Empire really um, kind of makes us reflect on what it was like for John Williams to write um, <laughs> the second movie uh, yeah. <laughs> of this versus, you know, there's only one movie that has been out versus there are now... How many? Seven? There were seven movies that... Seven plus the non-trilogy movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> that had already been released when he uh, had the, the score and the soundtrack come out for um, The Last Jedi. And it's like, uh, of, of course there's a lot of new stuff in Empire. It's John Williams and he was in kind of the prime of his career and he wants to write fucking good stuff. <laughs> like, that's not surprising. And not that he didn't want to for... Um, for the last Jedi, but I think there was just so much more uh, to work with, and I think it, it it was probably just like a different. And I don't, I obviously don't want to put words in his mouth. I haven't read much. Um, I don't know if he's done interviews or anything like that. But I don't want to put words in his mouth. But it, it it seems like a much different endeavor, right, to write the second movie that's come out versus writing the seventh trilogy movie that's come out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like that's really the big difference here is when he was writing this you know empire strikes back came out and 
1980. And The Last Jedi came out seven months ago in <laughs> late 2017. Uh, and I, I just think that when he was writing The Last Jedi, there was so much more to draw on or draw upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it was kind of a brave new world back in the late seventies. We just had one film. There was already some iconic music, but there was so much more to kind of explore in this galaxy. And not that there isn't now. I mean, you know, we're obviously, we're exploring new worlds. We're exploring, uh, new concepts, new places and all of that. But what he does here, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to to try to help you out in your point and say, like, there's so much that already feels like Star Wars to us, yeah. right? It still feels like Star Wars. But the one thing that I'm really impressed by, um, by the music in The Last Jedi is that, it, like you were saying, Chris, it, it, we have all of this already. Uh, you know, we have these familiar themes and what the what John Williams does in The Last Jedi is he takes all of those and just very slightly, in some cases, tweaks them mm-hmm. so that it's familiar but still vaguely new. It's familiar enough to feel like we're watching a Star Wars movie, but we don't feel like we're watching the same Star Wars movie as we have been for the last however many years we've been watching. Yeah, and I know Chris is about to make a point, but I also just want to bring up you know at this point we're not pushing probably 40 years between when he composed um empire and when he composed the last jedi so just chew on that that's older than all of us on the podcast um (laughs) the time between when he when he wrote uh, you know the music for for episode five versus when he wrote the music for um the last jedi is just like it's a fucking long time. It's like when I think about, I was going to say when I think about um, music that I composed 40 years ago, none of that exists because I don't compose music and also I wasn't alive. <laughs> so, All true facts. Just to make that point. Anyway, Chris, I, I'm sure you had a real point. Sorry. <laughs> no, I really agree. And I think one thing that we're going to talk about when we get to the social media questions is one thing that uh, was sent to us by at Abby Gleason. Uh, on Twitter was that apparently I didn't know this before Abby sent it is that apparently Ryan Johnson was far more involved in the scoring of this film than directors usually are and like you know included where he wanted like some previous themes and like and knowing that Ryan Johnson's kind of project with his films is subverting expectations I it's it's fascinating to me and I don't think an accident that the score of this movie also subverts those expectations. Right. I didn't realize that either, but I think if, you know, we look at the the themes that John Williams called back to in The Last Jedi, we can really understand why he did it. You know, I mean, any time that Kylo Ren is on screen, especially in the earlier part of the movie when he breaks his mask and all of that, there's just the soft Imperial March. Stuff like mm-hmm. that makes us really feel... I like blame him for being dramatic, but now I'm like, it's not even Kylo's fault. It wasn't even his choice to be so dramatic with the music in those in those scenes. I mean, he's a Skywalker. He comes from a long line of extra. The Skywalkers have no chill. And on that note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut off the recording here. You'll get the second half of it next week, um, where we'll talk about Rogue One um, and get into our social media comments and questions. Um, So again, the next episode is going to be the part two of this part one episode that was only supposed to be one part. Um, And that's going to be sometime next week. Uh, The next book that we are reading after that is going to be Last Shot. So if you would like to get your hands on that before we get started, please do. Um, As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and via email at bookworspod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us um, and to the Tashi Station Radio Megafeed. It really helps people discover the pod, which is awesome. 
Um, and if you are so inclined and you have the means to do so, please donate to the Pastor Station Radio Patreon. Um, it covers, uh, helps to cover our hosting and production costs here at Book Wars Pod. Um, but we know that, uh, there were some issues, uh, if you're a regular, uh, donor to Patreon, if you have a recurrent donation set up, um, there were some issues with Patreon, <laughs> Uh, so go ahead and double check those. I know I got an email uh, that, that let me know that some of my own pledges did not go through. Um, so if you could check that, uh, and I know we, we really do rely um, on that Patreon to, to help us uh, keep this podcast running. So if you, uh, you could do that, and if you want to become a new donor, that's uh, wonderful as well. Um, if you'd like to get to Book Pod directly, you can do so at coffee.com slash Pod. That's ko-fi.com slash Pod. Uh, as always, our theme song is Was Bang by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Uh, again, through shout out to at Real Baby Bird, uh, who will also be back for the second half um, of this discussion. Really hope you guys enjoyed it. It was one of, uh, one of my favorite things to do. So talk to you guys next week. No phone. Kate, take his phone. No phone to the dinner table, Chris. This take, is a take family his phone. time.